Welcome to Ag Over Easy, the podcast from Channel where you get breakfast with a side of agronomic insight. I'm your host, Janice Person, and today we're covering cinnamon rolls and rolling herd averages. We're going to talk all things dairy with my friend Mary Mackinson Faber, a fifth generation dairy farmer. Mary works at Mackinson Dairy Farm, her family's operation in central Illinois. Her father, brother, and uncle run the operations while she's the voice of the business and an extra hand wherever it's needed. From telling their story online to representing them at events, if it's public facing, Mary is probably there. She's a perfect guest to help us unravel the dairy industry and find those gooey insights at the center. So grab yourself a glass of milk and let's get rolling. All right. So Mary, is there anything better with a nice cinnamon roll than a nice cold glass of milk? No, there is not. Do you have (laughs) yours with you? I've got mine. I do. I am enjoying some um, ice cold Prairie Farms milk to go with my uh, local bakery's cinnamon roll. So I'm really excited to have breakfast with you today. (laughs) Me too. I'm excited about it. So tell me about the dairy. Tell me a little bit about Mackinson Farms. Yeah. Mackinson Dairy Farm is in Pontiac, Illinois, and we have plenty of dairy cows, red and white, black and white. Um, In addition, we grow corn and soybeans for our cows, and um, we also do market the excess um, throughout our community. So we are plenty busy, but we love every day. Yeah, and and it's got to be kind of cool working alongside family. It is. It is so exciting that you get to spend time with your family. Um, there are times when you have to remember that your coworkers, and at the end of the day, they are still your brother, your uncle, and your dad. So it's exciting, but you know, I'd be lying to say if it wasn't incredibly hard work, but it's worth it. So, so knowing that your job on the farm is not to be one of the milkers, not to be a tractor driver, your what is your job like on a day-to-day basis? Um, my job is, you know, when the guys are super busy, when we're harvesting, when they're planting, when they're trying to bale, in their super busy times is to be that person that can step in and feed calves or run them from field to field, run them a box of corn or soybeans when they're planting, and maybe just run to town and get a part, because um, unfortunately breakdowns do happen. But my favorite job is just stepping in and feeding calves. Um, I was actually, I was over at the dairy last night. They were could use, use a hand, so I got to feed the calves um, with my kids. And so that's, you know, on the physical aspect, I do that. And they also represent the dairy online on our digital platforms. Um, we have virtually opened our barn doors and shared a glimpse of our farm online for a couple years now. And that is, to me, a great way for people to get a snippet of farm life um, when their schedule allows and when they're at their home. Perfect, perfect. So you said you were at the dairy yesterday helping with feeding. How does that kind of come together, sort of looking at feed rations and things along that line? Yes. Um, when you take a look at what our dairy cows eat, 
Um, a small, a fun fact is that we actually grow 75% of our cow's ration. When I say a ration, wow. is that that's how much, you know, that's their diet. We grow 75% of it on our farm ground. Um, the remaining 25% would be byproducts that we would purchase. And then um, minerals, vitamins, etc. Those type of things. And we purchase those from um, local businesses. And so the remaining 75% we grow, so it's incredibly important to, you know, produce amazing crops um, that, you know, we can turn into cattle feed. And we work very, very closely with our nutritionist. Um, he helps us pick the correct varieties um, yeah. to grow, you know, the ideal, the optimum time to harvest them so we get the highest quality feed. And then on the back end, he sits down and takes feed samples, looks at those ingredients, and then comes up with a recipe for us to feed our cows, um, you know, that will optimize or maximize, you know, their production and efficiency. So we work incredibly close with our nutritionist. Um, he's out to the farm at least once or twice a week, and he is literally a phone call or text message away if we have questions or problems arise. Yeah. Yeah. That nutritionist really becomes a partner in the business a lot of times, right? Working hand in glove. Absolutely. Yes. So can you tell me about your rolling herd averages? Have they changed over years or what you're seeing there? Yeah. Um, rolling herd average could be how much our cows produce um, in one year. So over the course of years, we have seen our production increase, which is yes. awesome. It is awesome. And there are numerous things that I can attribute, you know, looking at that from what the guys are doing every single day. Um, first one would be uh, cow comfort, animal care, making sure our cows are comfortable, you know, are they relaxed, making sure they aren't stressed out. Um, another big component is their diet, which we kind of just talked about. And are the cows healthy? Another um, partner in our operation is our veterinarian. We work incredibly close with them, you know, just like with my kids, preventative is the key and is the same thing with our cattle. So, you know, we may, we are a family operation, but you know, we have a lot of vital partners yeah. in our community. Yeah. So when, when you talk the term rolling herd averages, what, what about it makes it rolling? Rolling, that is, each cow is different. Um, so, you know, each one cow may give 75 pounds of milk today and the other one might be 50. There's a lot of different factors. But, you know, it kind of, it literally just rolls. And then the goal is that as a cow increases you know, from one lactation, so from one year to another, that it increases. Um, so, you know, between those, between all those factors that I mentioned, each year our cows um, have, and we hope to continue to give a little bit more milk um, because they are efficient. It's a marathon. Yeah, so you really think about it. It's like the rolling hills, right? So you you know there are going to be some valleys, but you don't want like the Grand Tetons. You don't want big peaks and big valleys. Absolutely. You know, because sometimes, you know, a good thing is, you know, we're rolling along this summer and we had some pretty impressive heat. Um, and 
dairy cows are not a fan of heat. Um, a perfect day for a dairy cow is about 50 degrees Fahrenheit and no sun. Oh. I I know. <laughs> that is not my ideal day. <laughs> not mine either. So, but, you know, so when it gets crazy hot, our cows that, you know, that their production will drop off. And we have to try and minimize that as much as possible. We do that by always having incredibly cold water. We have sprinklers. We have fans in the barn. We have bedding that is cool, so sand bedding. Um, and just try and minimize, you know, heat stress. And for us, too. Yeah. Well, we all need to manage some heat stress, it seems like, these days. So when you talk about cow comfort, those are some of the things you can really help control, or the bedding and things like that. What other pieces can you control? Um, You know, uh, the way the buildings are designed. um, There's a lot of experts out there that you, you know, work with us to make sure our barns are the most efficient. They're the most comfortable. Technology is always changing. And with new research, it, you know, it shows, okay, hey, why don't you tweak this just a little bit or um, do this? And, you know, we follow along on all that information and try and stay, you know, cutting edge as much as we can and can afford. But everything we do is to maximize, you know, the comfort of the cows so yeah keep them happy yeah does technology come into sort of monitoring and and things on the cattle as well or yes um on our farm kind of a fun thing is we have cameras in our maternity barn so each corner of our maternity barn there is a live feed camera so that um, we can monitor um, the cows calving and you know so whether it be in the middle of the night and you not have to actually go out there you can pull up the cameras and see and that's a good indicator um if you know you see something you can then head to the farm instead of just heading there and not being any not needing to be there um our cows also wear collars and a good you know good comparison would be the fitbit that (laughs) we as humans wear to monitor and track their activity so if they're not as active you know, it's kind of a red flag um, that maybe they're not feeling well, but if they're super active, maybe if they've had a few too many cinnamon rolls, um, <laughs> you know, maybe that's an indicator that we need to take a look and uh, yeah, see what's up. Yeah. You talk about cow comfort earlier with the farm, but you also talk about that comfort level with consumers. Can you tell me what you're seeing in that space? Yeah. Um. 2020 has kind of put a new focus on local um, to purchase products from, you know, businesses or people that are in your local community. And while they might, a consumer might not realize, but dairy is truly a local product um, that milk will leave our farm and be on, um, you know, a grocery store shelf within 48 hours. Yeah. So how do you open up that conversation with people? Um, I know you've, you've tried several different venues. What do you find really works for you guys? You know, there's nothing like face-to-face contact, um, you know, to sit down and have a, have a conversation. And, you know, 
just kind of sitting down and answering their questions, you know, putting a face to, you know, that carton of milk or that block of cheese, you know, kind of, you know, maybe calming their questions and concerns, you know, if that face-to-face -face isn't possible and, you know, the beauty of the internet, um, you could always reach out and, you know, look online, social media, there's dairy farmers from all across the country and there's so many different styles. That's the beauty <laughs> about it. Yeah. So if a farmer was thinking, maybe it's time for us to get started on social media, would you have some resources that you might be able to suggest that they check out? Absolutely. My first step would be to, number one, reach out to your local checkoff. And then at the same time, reach out to the folks at Dairy Management, um, which would be our national checkoff. Both of them um, will do an amazing job. Yeah, I would agree. It's a really good community. Would you suggest how they figure out which channel to focus on first? Oh, absolutely. Um, I enjoy beautiful pictures. So Instagram is a natural fit. Um, we do a lot on the farm page, which is a Facebook page. And we do have the website, which is our landing platform. So I try not to do everything. Um, right. I just try and hopefully do the one or two that I have and try and do them as well as possible. So I'd say pick your favorite and then rock it. Yeah, pick something that works for you. So if you really enjoy video and you really enjoy being on camera, then YouTube might be the fit for you. If you like being behind the camera, YouTube or Instagram, if you're looking more to connect with locals and others, it may be Facebook. There's, there's plenty of choices out there, and I like that you say you don't have to do everything. Yes. What, what do you think the next 10 years holds for you? You know, that's a great question. Um, right now, um, I've kind of taken a little bit of a step back and focused on um, the kids. You know, be, being a mom, doing the homework at home. Um, I've taken a little bit, not planned, but um, vacation from telling the dairy story online. And you know, for maybe the last three or four months, and I miss it. So I'm kind of thinking of about ways to, you know, getting back into that because I, I watch my kids and watching them, their excitement and listening to them tell their friends and others about the dairy industry, it gets me excited. Um, so I'm not sure exactly what the t next 10 years hold. Um, my daughter starts 4-H next month, so nice. um, yeah, so it's kind of one of those things. I'm, I'm really excited about that. My son won't be um, too far behind her, so, you know, I, I guess that's how I started telling my farm story was when we were at the fair and we took um, our calves and, you know, can I pet your calf? And then, you know, maybe them asking questions and stuff like that, but... You know, my kids are right there with us. Um, they see the good. <laughs> There's a lot of good living on a farm. They also see the bad. It's hard, um, you know, but um, I wouldn't change it at all. Well, Mary, I don't think I could have picked a better place to end this. Thanks for sharing all your wonderful insights about dairy and for joining us on this episode of Ag Over Easy. Thank you so much for having me. Today we learned it's called rolling herd averages because of the ebbs and flows. But to keep production high, Mary says you have to keep your cows happy and healthy. There are a lot of ways to improve cow comfort, from fans and sprinklers to a barn's layout and design. And it's a group effort. 
The Mackinson's nutritionist recommends the best possible diet and the veterinarian is always on hand. As far as outreach, Mary says in person is the best way to talk about such a local product. But social media is your friend too. Just don't try and do it all. Pick a couple of platforms that suit your needs and do them well. That's it for this episode of Ag Over Easy, the channel podcast where you get breakfast served with a side of agronomic insight. Be sure to subscribe to Ag Over Easy wherever you listen to podcasts or at agovereasy.com.